Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning into Creative Biolabs podcast series on mRNA. Today, we invited our old friend David to our program. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here. To begin today's topic, let's first talk about ribozymes. What can you tell us about a ribozyme? A ribozyme is an RNA molecule with catalytic function and a biocatalyst. It is also called nuclease and ribozyme RNA. The discovery of ribozymes challenges the traditional idea that all enzymes are proteins. In 1989, two scientists who discovered the ribozyme were awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. In recent decades, the discovery of catalytic nucleic acids has been one of the most relevant advances in biochemistry. They may be used in gene therapy through gene silencing. So it has attracted great interest. What are the substrates of ribozyme as a catalytic nucleic acid? The substrate of ribozyme can be different molecules. Some substrates are parts of the same RNA molecule, which gives ribozymes many functions. Some can cut RNA, some can cut DNA, some also have RNA ligase, phosphatase and other activities. Compared with proteinase, ribozyme's catalytic efficiency is lower. Ribozyme is a relatively primitive catalytic enzyme. According to the molecular size and catalytic mechanism, ribozymes can be divided into microribozymes and macroribozymes. What's the difference between the two? Well, just from their name, you can guess that the main difference is their sizes. The size of a microribozyme is about 40 to 154 nucleotides, and macroribozymes are much longer, with hundreds to thousands of nucleotides. Microribozymes are usually satellite RNAs from some animal and plant viruses, including hammerhead ribozyme, hairpin ribozyme, hepatitis D virus RNA, Varkid satellite ribozyme, and GLMS nuclear switch. And much of the current research has been focusing on the hairpin ribozyme. What can you tell us about this type of microribozyme? Hairpin ribozyme is a small CIS cleavage ribozyme. Like you said, it exists in some plant viroids and satellite RNA. It contains a guide sequence that allows hybridization and subsequent cleavage of specific substrate RNA. And it shows multiple reversals, allowing other target RNAs to be processed after initial cleavage. Hairpin ribozyme is the catalytic core of three kinds of plant satellite RNA, including the negative strand of satellite RNA of tobacco ring spot virus, chicory yellow model virus type I, and Arabian mosaic virus. What are the structural characteristics of hairpin ribozyme? Speaking of its structure, the catalytic domain, also known as the B domain of hairpin ribozyme, contains two short intramolecular helices. They are located on both sides of the inner ring associated with the cutting process. Ribozyme substrate complex 
is accomplished by hybridization of target RNA with the A domain. Two intermolecular helices are formed on both sides of the symmetrical inner ring, containing the substrate cleavage site. The correct localization of domain B relative to the target requires a very small amount of magnesium ions, and it has no obvious dependence on other cofactors of cutting. Interesting. And how are A and B domains related? Hairpin ribozyme has a modular structure that allows the physical separation of A and B domains. Therefore, the catalytic B domain can recognize single or multiple A domains regardless of their positions. This feature means that the same hairpin ribozyme can be used for both cis and trans cleavage. Is there any research on ribozymes used to cleave specific genes? Of course, there is both in vitro and in vivo research on this. Ribozymes designed to cleave type I human immunodeficiency virus, hepatitis B virus, human papilloma virus, and several cellular genes have been successfully tested in vitro and in vivo. I find it puzzling that ribozymes have such great potential in the field of gene therapy, but they are not widely used currently. You are right. Because there are many variables that hinder the use of ribozyme as an effective therapeutic agent. Some I can think of are nuclease sensitivity, target colocalization, endogenous ion concentration and ribozyme expression level. So scientists continue to improve their performance in vivo, which has led to the development of engineering designs for multiple expression systems, containing multiple trans-acting ribozymes in a single transcript. What are the principles of this particular multiple expression system? It uses a triplex unit composed of two cis-cleaved ribozymes. These ribozymes are located on both sides of therapeutic ribozymes. In this case, I think each ribozyme's independent activity can improve the overall efficiency. With the further development of the triplex concept, are there any new multiple systems developed? Sure. A multiple expression system based on a single hairpin ribozyme was designed. Compared with the typical three-chain and tandem ribozymes based on triple ribozyme and tandem ribozyme, it produces higher trans-cleavage activity. Through simple modification, the system can be adjusted for different genes. This makes triplex ribozyme a potential gene inhibitor. Is it true that in general, triplex ribozymes allow multiple trans-acting ribozymes to produce relatively higher target cleavage? That's correct. The triplex expression system based on multiple expression vectors of a single hairpin ribozyme is promising. It can be designed to target RNA with single or multiple antisense accessible sites. The construction of the system depends on the triplex expression module composed of the hairpin ribozyme box and ribozyme lacking catalytic domain. We can generate multiple vectors with single or multiple specificities by tandem cloning of triplex expression modules. Do you know if the initial test of triplex ribozyme was carried out in vivo? Not really. I think it was initially tested in vitro by cis and trans cleavage tests on radiolabeled targets and triplex ribozyme was transfected into cultured cells to detect cis and trans cleavage in vivo. Then the ribonuclease protection test was carried out. You know, it is very critical to use a triplex configuration with multiple ribozymes. This will provide a basis for the development of ribozyme-based therapies and technologies in the future. I totally agree. What about macro ribozymes? 
Macroribozymes include RNase-P, group I introns and group II introns. Among them, RNase-P is a ribonucleoprotein complex. It exists in all the studied organisms and is related to the 5-end maturation of transport RNA. This enzyme catalyzes hydrolysis reaction and removes the five precursor sequences of transport RNA. It is responsible for the maturation of the five-end of all transport RNAs. Do you mean RNase-P is an endonuclease involved in transport RNA processing? Yeah, that's right. RNase-P contains RNA and protein subunits, exist in three areas of life including archaea, bacteria, and eukaryotes. The RNase-P RNA subunits of bacteria and some archaea have catalytic activity in vitro. Ribonuclease-P has been characterized in many systems in biochemistry and genetics. And we see more detailed structural information about RNA and protein subunits from phylogenetic diversity organisms. In vitro recombination activities are to provide insight into the role of proteins in ribonuclease enzymes. And collectively, from these findings, we start to understand the coevolution of the RNA and proteins. What is unique about RNase-P compared with other ribozymes? That's a good question. A unique feature of RNase-P is that it recognizes the structure of the substrate, rather than the sequence. This feature allows the enzyme to hydrolyze different natural substrates in vivo or in vitro. So any complex of two RNA molecules similar to transport RNA can be recognized and cleaved by RNase-P. And based on this feature, RNase-P can mediate gene expression inhibition. This has been proved to be a new and useful gene interference strategy based on nucleic acid. It can be used to specifically inhibit the selection of messenger RNA sequence. Can you tell us more about the application of RNase-P RNA as a tool to block the expression of target messenger RNA? Yeah. Scientists found that RNase-P of Escherichia coli contains a catalytic RNA subunit. It can be modified to cleave transport RNA-like substrates and other target RNAs, including specific messenger RNAs. A sequence-specific ribozyme M1GS is attached to the catalytic subunit by a small RNA. The small RNA contains a sequence complementary to the target messenger RNA and the three proximal CCA. It can effectively block the expression of substrate messenger RNA in cultured cells. Why is this different from other nucleic acid interference methods, such as antisense oligonucleotides and RNA interference? Because M1 RNA is one of the most effective catalytic RNAs found in nature, which makes the M1GS-based jamming strategy unique. We have seen in previous studies that M1GS RNA and RNase-P can inhibit the cleavage of virus and messenger RNA's expression in cells. That includes inhibition of gene expression of the human influenza virus and herpes virus. Some laboratories recently reported that engineered M1GS catalytic RNA can also inhibit the expression of animal virus genes. Does that mean M1GS catalytic RNA is a promising tool for the treatment of viral diseases? Exactly. M1GS catalytic RNA has a potential therapeutic effect on cytomegalovirus infection. Human cytomegalovirus is a common opportunistic pathogen. It can cause severe clinical manifestations in immunocompromised or immature individuals. Thanks, David, for sharing your insight with us. And thanks everyone for listening.
we will continue our discussions in the next episode.